and welcome to another episode of Provoke, the podcast that takes a provocative look at advertising as a whole. I'm your host, Brian Wilder, and we have uh, Kelsey Chalut in the West Coast studio. How you doing, Kels? Hey, I'm doing good. How's it going back in Orlando? It's good. It's cold. It's real cold today. <laughs> oh, I don't understand what's going on, exciting. but um, hopefully that's just temporary. Um, and on the East Coast, uh, we have uh, Kim, Kimberly Ryan, and she's uh, part of our social media team. How you doing, Kim? Hello, I'm doing great. How are you guys? Awesome, awesome, awesome. Um, so on today's episode, we are going to be talking about, you know, selling your city, uh, making your city Instagrammable, so to speak. Um, and this is kind of a piggyback off of a blog post that we did, I'd say about a month ago now that kind of talked about ways in which you can make your destination, uh, for, for, for CVBs and, and, uh, you know, tourist bureau, tourist bureaus, uh, trying to kind of make your, uh, your destination Instagrammable, you know, have people come through and do it for the gram, you know? <laughs> and um, so to kind of kick off the conversation, I just want to kind of get y'all's opinions on what exactly makes a destination, quote, Instagrammable. Hmm. I would say what makes it most Instagrammable is being different and unique, you know, really selling something that you can't find anywhere else. I think everybody's looking for that yeah. on Instagram. So it's right. a perfect opportunity to kind of pave your way through. Yeah, agreed. Yeah, I definitely piggyback right off of that and just uh, I completely agree with Kim and I would just throw in that since Instagram is such a high aesthetic, um, you know, photo content heavy platform that when you have those kind of cool pieces or activities or spots that make your destination unique or or different from the next, then you have to really go a little bit above and beyond to be able to make sure that it fits or that there's something there that's going to um, kind of fit the aesthetic of Instagram. Right. So, so I kind of want to dive deeper into that. So, Kim, you had talked about, you know, making sure it's unique and different like what would that what would that entail i think one of you know the biggest things that is great on instagram is it has the people factor Mm -hmm. it has you know everybody sharing their own photos and showing them doing things within your city or within your destination and i think that's what everybody you know looks for is how can i put myself in that situation how can i put myself in that person's shoes and i think that is what makes you know social media great is that Mm -hmm. You not only get to see these places, but you get to see people in these spaces as well. Right. And uh, Kelsey, I know we've talked about like, you know, the validity of, of, of Instagram and, and using it as a, a, a way to showcase your brand's aesthetic. Um, let's kind of talk about the the ROI. Like what like what are some key factors that you think kind of define getting a high return on 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 having an Instagrammable destination? Yeah, well, I guess with the way that Instagram's technology and just the way that the platform is developing, that you can have so many um, kind of like added widgets just into that one platform right there, whether it's Shopify or whether it's a click through to your website. So, um, for example, say your destination has this really, really sweet place to have brunch right on the ocean or whatever it might be. Mm -hmm. I'm sure that there's a way that that destination can... um, you know, add in reservations right in from that platform, click through to our website, make a reservation. And there you'd get a real quick stat of, okay, we've gotten this many reservations specifically from our Instagram account. Um, and while that's not necessarily a dollar sign, it's Mm -hmm. still letting you know how many people are actually getting impacted by what you're 
you know, the actions that you're doing on social to get them to say, you know what, yeah, I'm going to commit to this. I'm going to make a reservation. And then it kind of shows up there. So that's just like, that. I think that's just one quick example um, of the way that Instagram has so many more added in platforms to it, I guess is a good way to say it. Right. Um, that kind of show you ways that you can get from, from the screen, from that secondhand experience to that in-person real life experience. Right. Yeah, I totally agree. I mean, it's 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 gotten to a point where people are starting to become more keen to the idea of those throwaway metrics, so to speak, and you mm-hmm. you have to be able to to create more of an attribution model uh, with the stuff that you do on social. Um, and so, yeah, I like mm-hmm. the idea of like being able to take that connect, you know, that that first touch with an Instagram uh, post or a story and then being able to translate that effort into people actually walking into a, a restaurant or booking a hotel um, just through right. your social efforts. Yeah, I think it's yeah, that could be oh, go ahead, like Kim. A trickle down effect, you mm-hmm. know, within those cities, you know, it not only shows you goals and metrics on a city or county level, but it also, you know, it helps those you know, small businesses that are thriving from the additional coverage and things like that. And it, when people are scrolling through Instagram and things like that, and they see something super interesting or unique, they're kind of like a mental, uh, a mental checkbox or like, Ooh, like maybe I could spend a weekend there or, you know, that's something I didn't Mm. even know existed before. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, I'm going to make a quick comment on the word unique because I feel like unique is such a, uh, ambiguous word, even though it's supposed to mean something very specific. But right. I think that um, I think that you know when we talk about what what when we say something that's unique, what I think we mean by that is it. It almost seems that the icons are less valuable now. It's 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 not going to. Um, you know, New York City and taking a picture of the Statue of Liberty is going to New York City and finding those like kind of weird subculture off the beaten path insiders that right. maybe only the locals know or, you know, that someone, your friend who lives in New York City is going to put you, put you on to. So when, when, when I think when, when we use that word unique, at least as far as how I'm thinking of it, um, it's less iconic, more, you know, kind of subculture or maybe even um, like new on the scene kind of stuff. I think that that's um, kind of what makes people get excited about stuff because it's not something everyone has done um, or that everyone has a picture on their Instagram account of Mm -hmm. and and et cetera. So that's kind of in tune with what Airbnb does um, with their trips, those curated trips that they kind of offer where Mm -hmm. it's more than just, you know, booking a location and you're, you're, you're paired up with like a fixer who's, who knows the maybe not even the city but knows like a neighborhood like the back of their hand and is mm-hmm. able to kind of give you like this this local experience um and so and i think a lot of other companies like that are try- are starting to follow suit um exactly. yeah definitely for example when i went to memphis last mm-hmm. summer uh the week that i went it was actually elvis presley week and i mm. thought that was a really interesting Perfect. like little town <laughs> thing that you wouldn't know right and you know it wasn't like broadcasted everywhere in the city it was just kind of like you'd go down beale street and like everybody was kind of dressed up and like partying and really like celebrating that culture so it's definitely one of those things that you don't think about on the daily like oh Mm -hmm. let me go to elvis presley week (laughs) (laughs) but that's kind of what you got to do when you're in memphis exactly yeah so um the, I, I always love to play devil's advocate, but um, the, one of the things that, that kind of we kind of brought up in that that blog post that we wrote 
was the idea of like a, a, almost like a mismatch, right? So there may be situations. This is kind of something that we run into with with uh, some of the clients that we work with. Is like they come in with this idea of what they think or who they think their target demographic is, mm-hmm. and then through research and and you know just kind of like peeling back the layers, we find out that no, your your demo, the people who are actually interested in what you're you're selling is, is completely different to what you thought. So when it comes to like your area attractions, like say it doesn't necessarily match up with who you're trying to target. Like, how do you, and this is, I'll open this up to either of you. It's like, how do you, how do you kind of circumvent that? Hmm. I would say I that's a tough you, one. Yeah. What you say? What was that, Kim? I said, I think that's kind of a tough one because when it comes down to it, you have to be really honest about, you know, what's working and what's not working. Right. And you have to be really honest about, well, is it the right move, but maybe the wrong people? Is mm-hmm. it, the right people and maybe the completely wrong move and so it's something that you definitely have to you know think about when you're doing that strategy and that planning initially um i think think in a case like that you have to also just like like you said be honest with yourself and if it isn't you know brian was saying like you you kind of set out like who you want your target demo to be but it doesn't doesn't always match that so you know if you find yourself in a place and you realize that they have a mix match then you gotta just you gotta refocus your target demographic and figure out how can I reach these people and talk to them because I have what they might be interested in Mm -hmm. because it's kind of a waste of money if you're putting you know stuff out on social media or wherever you might have it and you're just shouting to a wrong a wrong group that doesn't you know they might be listening but they don't really care so you gotta you gotta refocus that target demographic and focus in on them and that includes changing the way like your the literal language of how you're gonna talk to them because they're gonna react differently to even just like different words or you know do you use a comma or do you not use a comma and you know all those little things that matter on social right um you just gotta readjust it and focus it in on them because then you will see that roi return and you will see um you know you will see some more alignment as opposed to just talking to a corner that's not listening agreed yeah i mean i think my recommendation is that you tear down your entire city right and <laughs> yeah. then you rebuild it in the image of what you think your target demographic wants. exactly you yes. know you know just a slash and burn like scorched earth like start imperialism start. <laughs> just go that route <laughs> you rebuild the city back in your image exactly um, so kind of switching gears a little bit i kind of wanted to talk about how you really how you can uh, define your destination's unique selling points and we kind of already started talking about that in the sense of like you know pinpointing unique uh, landmarks and certain attractions but um i kind of wanted to talk about the difference between captivation and and credibility so basically it's the idea of like kind of showcasing it may be like your city is known for having the largest ball of yarn in the country you know just spitballing here uh, but then once you so that's the grab right and so once you kind of bring them into you use that to kind of captivate people like how do you kind of how do you kind of preserve your credibility as a must see destination and kind of give them more layers to kind of play with beyond that 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 big old ball of yarn <laughs> I think something important that a lot of people, I think, miss a lot of the time is that I feel like every town, no matter how sleepy it is, no matter, you know, anything that's with it, there are always stories to tell within that city. Right. I mean, you take Humans for New York, that completely blew up just by taking a couple people and asking them what their story was. Right. So, you know, it could be something as small as 
putting a person out there right next to the big ball of yarn and asking them, like, <laughs> what do you think this means? What right. do you think this means, like, to you and to your hometown? And just something bringing those stories to life is something that would be great um, over social media and especially on Instagram. So, yeah, I think. Yeah. yeah, I mean, it's it, that's I think that's that you hit the, the nail on the head there. Um, Kelsey, what did you did you have any uh, insights on that? Yeah, I kind of think I think that my when you were asking the question, I thought you were going to ask something different. So my <laughs> brain like started to answer something kind of kind of different because I'm, you know, when I think of credibility, I think of, you know, a consumer getting fooled by smokes and mirrors on mm. social. And I know that that's definitely happened to me as a consumer. Like I've driven out of my way to go to a certain shop or a certain, certain restaurant because what they put out on social is like the best and I think it looks so good I'm like wow this place is probably going to be so awesome if like they're you know especially on the back end of social media knowing how much it takes to like have all of the production pieces on social look so um like you know consistent and stuff like that so I was like wow this place is probably gonna be awesome and then I get there and it's just like not at all (laughs) what they're you know what they were showing to me on social and I think that when you have uh, a destination and that can be, you know, a whole city, a town, or even just like a, a, a restaurant or a hotel or something that's at that, that destination when it doesn't live up to, you know, kind of that consumer's ideal or the hype of what people are talking about, um, that can that can be really challenging to recover mm-hmm. from for both the consumer because the consumer is likely never to return, um, but, you know, even more so for that, that actual destination, um, So, you know, I think that this goes back to our first conversation is you have to be honest. I think that the more you try to play games with smoke and mirrors and and I think Instagram and all social media kind of has that uh, over preached like dangerous side to it, which I don't want to get into um, (laughs) (laughs) for many reasons. But one of them, you know, is just to be honest, if you if you try to. if you try to like over talk or overplay something, then it's really not going to match up well in the end. But if you can make that, that, that ball of yarn, the best ball of yarn that there's ever been, then be (laughs) honest about that and showcase that and people will be hyped about it. But if you try to show that it's the best ball of yarn in the world has ever seen it and it's just not, Mm -hmm. and you're not putting all that you can into (laughs) making it the best ball of yarn you've ever seen, then it's going to, it's going to go wrong and it's going to be even more difficult to recover in the end from that. So I think that the note there is just like, be, be, you know, be real and go as hard as you can with that one thing that you're trying to perfect. And then, you know, it will be well received. I also think we need to create our own city with a big ball of yarn and that's our entire city. I'm just imagining a, uh, like a, like a, like a yarn connoisseur just pulling up and be like, I've seen better. (laughs) (laughs) And then it turns into like the greatest showman where like we just keep trying to top this one critic that just is not getting it. Oh my God, that's awesome. So um, to, to kind of segue into to this, there was a uh, article that I read. I want to say it was either I want to say it was GQ where this guy talked about how he was a he used to do listicles for uh, Thrillist and he had spotlighted this one like historic burger joint somewhere in Oregon, I believe. And um, he talked, you know, he talked it up and he, he, it was like this kind of like little known secret and it come to find out. It got it 
the story gained so much popularity that like it you know there was a line around the block for it and like people mm. had never heard of it until that mm. that 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 um story and then i think it was like 7 or 8 months later they had to close down oh, no. because they couldn't keep up with you know the high demand so i think my my question is like it like when situations where you have like a unique selling point like this burger joint like be wildly successful but then end up end up backfiring like how do you kind of recover from that? And do you guys have any examples of like instances where something's been hyped up that people had never heard before and then it just got ruined, <laughs> essentially? You know, I think it all kind of comes back to your planning and your strategy. I mm-hmm. think, you know, sometimes we deal, you know, our clients and in, in specific, we deal with the big, you know, tourism, you know, the entire county. But right. you don't think about how, you know, that marketing can affect these smaller businesses and right. maybe, you know, they don't have that bandwidth. But I think it's important that, you know, within a small business's, you know, marketing team, it's important to have those plans in place for us. For if like viralness or mm-hmm. you know a crisis does happen, I right. think you know crisis communication is something that's so important for businesses of all levels. For you sure. never want to be caught seven to eight months later getting <laughs> shut <laughs> down shut because down you can't because, because you're, you're too successful. Too, yeah, so <laughs> definitely successful. when it comes to planning and strategy, you just kind of have to plan for the worst or the best. I guess in their case, mm-hmm. you know they probably should have maybe thought you know right when they were starting like what if we get so big that we need to you know the sky's the limit you know yeah exactly Aim high. exactly <laughs> so i think it you know it comes down to your planning and your strategy and you know when the when the crap does hit the fan so mm-hmm. to speak you got you got to like walk the walk right um and i i think i i think to, to add to that is if you are a small business i it would behoove you to to create a working relationship with the visitors bureau mm-hmm. or with you know that that the the, the TDC or, or tourism board to kind of make sure that that you're 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 kind of kept in the loop when things like that Definitely. happen. It's like oh hey you know your 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 restaurant is going to be featured on the Today Show. Like mm-hmm. here's what needs to be put into place <laughs> just in case you know things go crazy. Definitely. And so you have to. It's good to have that working relationship. Um, with the people who are, are are pretty much their job is to kind of bring that exposure yeah. to the to the county or to the city or wherever. Definitely, and in the end, those partnerships are definitely mutually beneficial. Mm-hmm. I mean, we notice it with Seminole, where you know a lot of our promotions wouldn't be what they were if we didn't have those partnerships with local mm-hmm. businesses. You know, to provide people you know prizes if they win, or you know their events that we get to sponsor on our pages as well. So definitely, those relationships are very important for any destination or any city really agreed kelsey do you have anything to add yeah um i'm just trying to i guess i got a couple a couple examples and um they're in a way that the the unique selling point has backfired but more so on the consumer end uh on this podcast in the office i've given plenty of examples of um how much i love Duh. I think I have to put that in a past tense now, um, a brand away, which made like mm-hmm. really, really dope um, kind of, you know, budget friendly luxury uh, luggage. And I right. just thought that they were the coolest people. I thought they had like the greatest strategy. I thought their product was awesome and all these things. But like, oh, God, I what found do they them do? Right at- <laughs> <laughs> Don't yeah, ruin my well, dreams, no, 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 they're doing, they're doing, they're doing really, really good. But the the, the point is, is that they have become so popular okay. that <laughs> to me, 
Yeah, no, they're doing, they're, the business is doing <laughs> really, really well. It's just the way you set it up. It's like, I used to love them. They used to be this yeah. thing. And then yeah. they ripped my heart out. No, but the, 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 the point of that is that, like, I was so interested in them because they, it wasn't mainstream. Mm-hmm. And that's, like, very hipster of me to speak it. Like, and I'm sorry <laughs> for that. But, like, I, I like, the unique selling point to me as a consumer was, like, these guys are not on everybody, you know, like, I thought it was, I thought it was kind of like an insider in this, like, little community niche, and now they've, like, scaled the company, and, like, good for them, like, it's a bunch of boss women CEOs, and I'm, like, stoked for them, but, like, for me as the consumer, they've gotten so popular that I'm no longer interested in their product. Right. Um, and so I, I don't, that kind of goes with this, and then, you know, I think that the other I don't know if this is exactly tied, but I think there are some things that are over Instagrammable, mm-hmm. which make me like also not want to like part- go to that place or participate in that like activity. For example, I grew up in South Florida. So like to this day, if I see a picture of someone posing in front of Wynwood Walls, like I, I cringe, I do. I have like a little bit of a, <laughs> um, like my app just crashes. My phone falls to the floor. I don't know. It's just like a weird thing that happens. So I think that sometimes things like that can be kind of become um, overkill, which may be harmless or maybe not. Like, hey, maybe it's just me being like a, a bitter consumer. I don't, I don't know. Yeah, I definitely have some some Winwood uh, yeah. photos of my Instagram feed. <laughs> <laughs> I think it brings up a good question of you know brand loyalty as well because you don't want to become too big too fast because you then you kind of miss that you know that little audience that is really loyal to you because you're not huge and you're kind of that micro influencer mm-hmm. in your space. And so I mm-hmm. think it brings up a great question of you know, what growth is too much growth and when does, you know, one product or one destination become a destination for everyone and not just, you know, the people that are really, really passionate about it. Right. Um, so uh, I kind of wanted to just do rapid fire really quick and just kind of go around um, and kind of give a recommendation as like if you were talking to a, a you know, a, a visitor's bureau, what is one thing that you would recommend in order to be successful on social? I think one of the biggest things I would recommend is never underestimate the staycationers. Mm -hmm. I love a good weekend trip like a city away or, you know, a couple miles away. It's something that's small and I can do it and not feel like, oh, my gosh, I need to plan this this entire trip. And I'm working 40 hours a week and all of this. So, you know, counting out those staycationers is really it's kind of lame. Yeah, that's awesome. Kelsey, what about Um, you? I'll piggy right back off of that. And with those staycationers or with people that live there, don't go for um, huge, big, big, super famous influencers that will seem out of place. Find right. people that already live there, love that town, and can be utilized as micro-influencers because they will be 10, 20, 50 times more successful than someone that seems out of place. Um, and, and with that, just be real and be honest and make the best things that you have um, you know, to offer, showcase that. Don't try to take something that you think would be so good on Instagram, but in reality, like, it just isn't really that exciting. So just be real and honest with yourself. And, uh, yeah, like Kim said, utilize those people that um, are in that area, know that area like the back of their hand, and, and find a way to work them into your social strategy because they will help gain success. 
Right. And I would kind of cap that by just being like, you know, spotlight what you what's unique, but don't let that be what defines your destination. I mean, going back to the whole yarn ball mm-hmm. thing is like make sure that you're creating a, a full full on experience that goes beyond that one captivating landmark or or restaurant or or or, or claim to fame that your area may have, um, because that's what's that's what's going to give the the, the the most lasting impression for the people who visit your destination. Definitely. Now that you bring that up, I actually have a question for you. So since you don't want to make, you know, a unique selling point, a destination or like Mm -hmm. the definition of your destination, what do you feel about, you know, Waco, Texas and the Joanna and Chip Gaines and the King of Queen? I mean, a fixer upper. I mean, I don't uh, I mean, they're mascots. Yeah. More or less. They're they're mascots of the area and that's kind of just the niche that kind of fell into. Um and so they're 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 playing it to the best of their abilities and so I always give them props for that. Um, <laughs> they've yeah, created something that they is really have. Yeah. They really have. So I mean if they wanna if you guys wanna come by Seminole County and you know make an appearance, uh you know, call us, uh, email us, and um, just let us know. Um, so that's all the time we have for today. Um, I want to thank Kim for coming to the studio. Kelsey, thank you as always. Thank you. Um, if you guys have any questions, comments, or concerns, be sure to email us at provoke. That's P-R-O-V-O-K at evokead.com. And follow us on all of our social media accounts uh, to kind of keep up with our contributions to the advertising world. Uh, as far as our quote is concerned, this is a this is a shout out to all the moms and dads out there who have logged hours, you know, mi- hundreds of hours as far as family road trips. Um, and the quote is, I will turn this car around. So help me God. <laughs> <laughs> and with that said, y'all take care. <laughs>